It's Optimism Wednesday, baby. We had an Optimism Wednesday this morning, but I got to tell you the truth, I wasn't really happy with the level of op optimism that I brought. There wasn't a lot of optimism. So we're doing Optimism Wednesday a second time. Matt Ryan, I'm going to tell you what he's going to throw for. Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to tell you what he's going to run for. And I'm going to tell you what needs to happen for Matt Ryan to operate at optimal efficiency, what the statistic is, why it's important, and what the Falcons did when he reached that level of play. Actually, when his offensive line and he combined to reach that level of play. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Ken Sterling, brought to you by the great people at BUSR. You go to BUSR for all your uh, sports wagering needs. I'm going to give you a pick at the end of this, and you're not going to like it. It's not optimistic about the Colts, but the number is just kind of too funky, and so I, I'm going to recommend you go in another direction. Let's talk about it, and, and before we do that, hit the subscribe button, just smash it. Smash the like button. We're going for 300 again. We've got a run of 300 like shows in a row. I love it. You people are wonderful. And if you want to make a donation, that's wonderful, too. Uh, all the donations go back into the show and, and continue to feed the demand for Colts Insight and sports in central Indiana. Insight, it's what we do. All right, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and, and about what will happen, best-case scenario. Right, best-case scenario is what we deal with on August 10th. It's just where we are. You know what? Bears fans doing the same thing. Lions fans think they're going to the Super Bowl. Hell, Houston Texans fans think they're going to the Super Bowl. So why shouldn't Colts fans think they're going to the Super Bowl? Of course, that's the way it should be. All right, here, here's the important stat. And then we're going to talk about Matt Ryan and the, uh, the kind of areas he needs to get to for the Colts to be as good as they can be. Matt Ryan with sacks. All right, when Matt Ryan is sacked 40 or more times, this happened five times when he was with the uh, when he was with the Atlanta Falcons, and in those five seasons, when he was sacked 40 or more times, the Falcons were a combined 29 and 51. When he was sacked less than 40 times, he was a combined 91 and 51. The Falcons won 64 percent of their games. When he was sacked less than 40 times, they won 36% of their games when he uh, was sacked 40 times or more. All right. Colts are going to go 2-0. Got to go 2-0. I'm buying in their 2-0. We talk every day about how they need to do this, how they, if they don't, we're going to go crazy. Our heads are going to pop off. Our scalps are going to go whoop. And our brains are going to fly 100 feet in the air and then land on our chimneys. That's what's going to happen if the Colts don't start 2-0. We're not talking about that. It's just 2-0. They're going to beat the Texans. They're going to beat the Jaguars, and that's the way it's going to be. Matt Ryan's going to throw for 4,500 yards. That's what he's going to do. That happened in Atlanta seven times in his 14 seasons. So it's not out of bounds. It's not crazy thinking that he will reach that level of, of excellence. 4,500 yards. The Colts last year, they threw the ball 52% of the time, actually 52.57% of the time. 
they're going to throw the ball more this year. Look, Carson Wentz, and he's being pilloried in in Washington for doing the same thing. Always looking downfield. Has no peripheral vision. Naheem Hines is over here. I can't see him. I don't see over there, Coach Frank. I'm throwing it downfield. I am only a vertical threat. That is Carson Wentz, and it's driving people in Washington crazy, even though he hadn't played a game in Washington yet. Matt Ryan has good peripheral vision. He sees 21 this way. He sees 28 that way. He's going to throw the ball to his backs. He's going to throw the ball to his tight ends. He's going to throw the ball to his wide receivers. And that offense is going to continue to matriculate the ball down the field in a measured fashion. If Matt Ryan gets to seven points, whoa, it's Optimism Wednesday. What am I talking about ifs? When Matt Ryan gets to 7.7 yards per attempt, this offense hums like that. And throwing it 57% of the time at 7.7 yards per attempt in opposition to running the ball as often as they did last year, 50 or 47% of the time at 5.1-ish yards, uh, yards per carry clip with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, Philip Lindsay maybe. You know what? This offense is going to be more productive and more efficient and move the sticks more often and score more points. That is what is going to happen. Uh, Paris Campbell, he's going to play 12 games. I know. It doesn't sound real optimistic. But it is because he's played 15 games in his first three seasons. And so now we believe he's going to play 12 all in one season. Yeah, he tweaked his hamstring, but he was back on the field today for seven-on-seven work. Nothing wrong with that. He's going to be fine. Shaq Leonard is going to be on the field in pads playing football on September 11th in Houston. That's it. Shaquille Leonard is going to play in the opener. That, of course, is Optimism Wednesday talking. Naheem Hines, he's going to go full Marshall Falk this year. 600 yards rushing, and that's only at that level because Jonathan Taylor is going to run for 1,400 yards. Those two combining for 2,000 yards rushing at least. And then 800 yards receiving for Naheem Hines. Quiddy Pay and Yannick Ngakwe, double-digit sacks for both of them. They're going to need to do that for this defense to, to kind of be what it needs to be. They got to get there. They have got to put meaningful pressure on the quarterback, which means that DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart or Tyquan Lewis, whoever is in the middle there, McIntosh, they got to hold their spot. They cannot let... Uh, whoever the opposing quarterback is, step up in the in the pocket. Can't do it. That pocket has got to stay set, or you crush it back the other way. You move it back into the quarterback, and that makes the lives of Pay and Yannick Ngakwe all that much easier. Jonathan Taylor, like I said, 1,400 yards rushing. That's great. 1,811 is too much. Don't run that much. Running that much does not yield a positive result. What it means if you run that much, it means you can't throw the ball effectively and you can't be efficient with your offense. Matt Ryan is going to be efficient, and that means that Jonathan Taylor is going to come back to the mean, although he led the league in rushing by 550 yards last year. Wow, a little bit more than that. This year, he's going to lead it by about 150. It's still leading the league. He's still the best back in the league at 1,400 yards rushing. Rodrigo Blankenship, hot rod. 
is going to miss two kicks. That's it. Going to be like 35 and 37. That's what Justin Tucker was last year. I think Hot Rod has finally got the wiring kind of fixed. And, and he's going to attack his job this year. Instead of fear failure, he is going to attack success. And he's going to be successful. And it's going to be a beautiful thing as the ball flips end over end through the uprights and above the crossbar. And it's going to be fantastic. Uh, Frank Reich, better than 60%. Again, going for it on fourth down. Look, the Colts as much as we hate it when Frank Reich goes for two and misses. Doesn't happen all that often. Colts are always in the top 10 in percentage of fourth downs converted. Look. You can win games like that, you can lose games like that. What you need to do as a coach is eliminate the reasons that you lose games, but enhance the reasons you win them. I think Frank Reich and Matt Ryan are going to be able to convert fourth downs, but if I were Frank Reich, I would stop listening to the geniuses, the MIT guys up in the booth. Don't listen to them. Call the game based upon the feel on the field. They don't know what that is. All they know is it's a strong go. Stop that, for the love of Pete. It's Optimism Wednesday, and I've dug myself into this strong go hole, and now I don't know what to do. I've got to reverse my, uh, I've got to pivot 180 degrees and come back to 180 degrees toward optimism instead of the cynicism that I feel for those idiots. <laughs> idiots. Very, very smart people when it comes to math, but they don't know a damn thing about football who are up in the suite yelling strong go into the headset. All right, uh, here's what's going to happen with the Colts and fourth quarter scoring. This past year, they were 29th in points allowed in the fourth quarter, 8.6 points per game they allowed in the fourth. They were 18th in points scored in the fourth quarter at 6.3. Those numbers are going to reverse, flip the script. They're going to score 8.9 in the fourth. They're going to allow 6.3. That would have ranked last year 11th in uh, points allowed in the fourth, and sixth in points scored. And that is what's going to carry the Colts to the AFC crown. And there you go. Uh, you just got to keep Matt Ryan up upright. He cannot get sacked more than two times a game. Can't. If he does, it's big, big trouble. Hey, Chris Ballard was on the Dan Dockett show today. Uh, here's what we learned. The hay's never in the barn. They're always looking to upgrade the roster. Uh, Stephon Gilmore is smart, rookies require patience, and media doesn't get to Chris Ballard. Every time I hear somebody say, oh, the media doesn't, no, the media doesn't bother him. I think he's saying, the media bothers him. I don't think the media should bother anybody. The, the media is not important enough to really pose a significant bother to somebody who's in the arena. We know that quote by Teddy Roosevelt uh, about men in the arena being sharp shot by, by the people who don't know what it's like to be in the arena. We don't know what it's like to be a GM for a football franchise. We don't know what it's like to be the head coach. Why would a head coach or a GM feel threatened by what the media says about him? It's just stupid. Makes no sense. You want to be a week leader, pay attention to the media. I don't think Chris Ballard does, uh, but every time he says that he doesn't, I think, yeah, you know, I think he probably does. Anyway, I'm arguing with myself, and that is the point of the show. We ought to call this Arguments with Kent, 
and Kent. Kent versus Kent. It's like the old spy versus spy in the Mad Magazines. I do battle with me. A battle of wits to the death with myself. What a show that'd be. Um, at any rate, uh, nice interview by Dan and Chris. They laugh at each other a lot. But why? you know what? You're there together. Why not have a good time together? I don't blame them. Uh, three days till the Bills game. Uh, here's some things. All right. What not to watch a game for and what not to do when you watch the game. All right. Don't gush over backups. Because backups are playing against backups. Of course, some of the backups are going to look better against backups. That, that's what they do when they play against start. There's a reason they're backups, and it is to succeed against other backups. Um, Colts, they are preparing to face the Texans and the Jags. They will not prepare to face the Bills. So this is not a game plan specific event. And because of that, you're going to see some things that maybe you don't want to see that just don't make sense to you. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then, you know what? What you've got to watch for and should take seriously, injuries. That's it. Just injuries. Somebody gets hurt. Hey, if they get hurt in a preseason, it counts just like they get hurt in a regular season. Other than that, remember all the years with Peyton Manning? They never won in the preseason, or very rarely. They'd go 1-4, and 1-3 in the preseason. Nobody gave a damn because you knew they were going to win 12 games in the regular season. That is the important thing. Last year, what did the Colts do in the preseason? 3-0. How'd that work out? They went 1-4 and four to start the season. I would, I got to tell you the truth, I'd much prefer they go 0-3 in the preseason than 3-0. Just the way it works out. Should Jonathan Taylor play? The answer is yes. I know that the smart thing to do is to not have him play. I get it. You don't want him hurt in a game that is meaningless, and you don't want to run rubber off the tires in a race that doesn't count. I understand that. But you have got to prepare for September 11th against Houston like it's the damn Super Bowl because you cannot lose that game. The Colts, they have not won an opener since 2013. You have got to beat the Texans. You have got to beat the Jaguars. You've got to start this season 2-0 for the first time since 2009. And if you don't, it is, it is a critical failure. And it is going to cost you when December rolls around. It's just that simple. So you've got to get these guys geared up for September 11th. Jonathan Taylor, first couple of games of the season last year, was not too good. He's got to be great this year right out of the gate. Because being great last year in November and December, where'd that get the Colts? Home, watching the playoffs. That's where it got them. So let's not do that anymore. Not just worry about the circadian rhythms. Let's worry about people being ready to compete on September 11th. And stop treating them on September 11th like all you care about is they're ready to go in January when you're not guaranteed to play in January during the pre during the postseason. Come on! Right? All right. Anything else? Uh, Cubs were down one nothing in the fifth when we started this uh, menagerie uh, of me yelling with myself and against myself and good heavens. Um, feel terrible. Eric Berman at WIBC Radio in Indianapolis uh, let go today after 28 years at Emmis. I love Eric. Eric was a, a wonderful uh, instructor of mine at Indiana University in the journalism school. 
and then I was privileged to work with him for uh, 16 or 17 of those years that he worked at WIBC, a great state house reporter, a great election analyst, uh, a four-time Jeopardy champion, really an amazing individual. I'm sure uh, Emmis took care of Eric. He is a one-of-a-kind guy. He should start a podcast on state house politics today. Do that, get that done, talk about whatever the hell you want now, Eric, and move in that direction. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent, and a little bit later today, conversations with Ryan Kelly, center of the, not the mortgage guy, but Ryan Kelly, the center for the Colts, and then Quiddy Pay, who got to the quarterback a bunch this year. We'll do that in just a little bit.